Lost and Sound is sponsored by Audio Technica. This year it's the company's 60th anniversary. Audio Technica are a global but still family run company that make affordable products because they believe that high quality audio should be accessible to all. Their wireless earbuds are one of the best and most accessible ways to listen to Lost and Sound on, and it's through these that I've been listening to the artist you're about to hear today. So head on over to audiotechnica.com to check out all of their range of stuff. Okay, it's a beautiful morning in Berlin. Surprisingly warm for this time of year. I hope wherever you are, you're having an absolutely amazing one. And this is Lost and Sound. How's it going? I'm Paul Hamford. I'm a writer, an author, a presenter, and welcome to Lost in Sound, the podcast where we meet the innovators, the outsiders, the mavericks, the artists that do their own unique thing, and we talk about life and the things that inspire us to make what we make. Because beautiful things don't come out of a hierarchy of knowledge. They don't come out of hoarding ideas, but out of sharing. Previous guests have included Peaches, Jim O'Rourke, Chili Gonzalez, Leticia Sadie, Ghost Poet, Cozy Funny Tutti, Nightmares on Wax, JD Twitch, Ellen Alien, Jan Tears, and so, so, so many more that I might stop doing that little bit because all of my guests are absolutely awesome. And today you're going to hear a conversation I had a couple of weeks back with Marie Davidson. Head on over to my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Paul Hanford if you want to support the show and my book, Coming to Berlin, Global Journeys into a Club Culture and Electronic Music Capital is available now on Velocity Press. Thank you to everyone that's bought it and read it so far. And thank you to the people that turned up last week to Echo Buchia slash Hardwax in Berlin, in Kreuzberg in Berlin, where we did a very, very sort of special reading of the book um, and a Q&A. I teamed up with the Berlin magazine organization Lola and with Echo Buchia and one of the people I wrote about in the book and also previous Lost and Sound guest DJ Fuck Off and it was a really lovely evening and it was really nice to talk to some people that had read it or or, or were interested to read it to sort of have a nice conversation and, and it's always really lovely to sort of feel who you are <laughs> if that makes sense and the building itself had like a real significance as well hard wax the building that is in is in is part of a disappearing side of of berlin that is is you go in and it's up three or four flights of stairs there's stickers everywhere stickers in the in in the stairwell if if you've been you know what i mean it's 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 a kind of a characteristic that is kind of this kind of anarchic stickers everywhere, graffiti everywhere, that is, is sort of being smoothed out 
and and that's a bit of a shame really i could go on about gentrification a lot and i'm i'm kind of aware that i'm sort of complicit in it in a way but um it was something that was noted at the time particularly uh the owners were were talking about the history of this building as being having various magazine publications and, and newspapers based in it through the 20th century nina hagen was based in this building as well um the amazing nina hagen and and yes anyway but it was a it was a really lovely event and made me think about the the steps that we walk on through the cities that we're in and and how important it is to observe and feel our environment and, and respect our environment um anyway today on the show marie davidson had this conversation a couple of weeks back she's in montreal I am obviously in Berlin. She used to live in Berlin for a while, and we talk about that a little bit. I got to know Marie's work through the albums Adio, Our Dance Floor, and Working Class Woman on Ninja Tune. I think in 2016 and 2018 they came out. Um, albums that are completely rooted in the sonics and dynamics and beats of club culture, of techno, of Italo, um, but undercut with a kind of questioning, bleak, humorous, sarcastic approach to the politics and the behavior of club culture as well. Um, she's an artist that has got a long, long history in, in DIY music and the experimental music scene in Montreal. And I think we spoke at a point in that... Oh, pardon me. That was a loud one. That kind of actually made me jump, that siren. And I think we spoke at a point in her artistic evolution where her music is more than ever guided by feel rather than fitting into the criteria of a certain kind of style. Last year's three-part Persona single made with the band Lioi Nu, and I'm really sorry about my pronunciation. I know that's really bad pronunciation. It is Monday morning. I've had one coffee and I'm a bit blah. Um, it's sung in French. It has guitars, it has strings, it has this kind of cinematic sweep to it. And, and the album uh, 2020's Renegade Breakdown 2 feels guided by intuition over sticking to any kind of formal template. And I listened to that album particularly, jumping between different styles and genres without even noticing. It's, it's got that kind of sort of, it sort of feels so intuitively sort of placed. Um, anyway... This is what happened when I had a chat with Marie Davidson. Hi. Hi, Marie. How are you doing? Good, you? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, thank you. Thanks so much for speaking with me today. No problem. My pleasure. What's, what's the vibe like in Montreal uh, at the moment? Uh, the vibe is nice. It's a beautiful day. It's fall, so it's getting a bit colder, but it's still nice to be out. There's beautiful sun. No clouds, actually. Oh, nice. Are you a kind of season-based person? Do you pick up on different, like, energies or sort of, you know, do you work differently, like, sort of in, in, in the fall, say, to in the summer? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very much interested in uh, traditional Chinese medicine. Mm. So I tend to, yeah, pay attention to the seasons. Right, because so, so Chinese medicine, that kind of changes based on season, does it? Or does it sort of sub subscribe things that are kind of uh, more... more Traditional Chinese medicine, yes. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Each season is related to an organ. Uh, fall is the spleen. Well, interseason is spleen, and then fall is the lungs. Mm. Uh, then winter is the kidneys. Spring is the li- the liver, and uh, summer is the heart. Right, I never, never. So, knew like that. each organ is is also associated with an element. Like uh, kidneys is the is water. Mm. Uh, then uh, liver is uh, wood. Mm. Heart is fire, and lungs is air. And they're also associated with emotions. So, yeah, season, emotion, cycle. I'm very interested in that, actually. That's amazing. So so from knowing that you can kind of like sort of uh, make sure you have like the right material, your right relationship with like the right materials yeah. around you. And, and make sure is, that's mm. a stretch. It's hard to make sure, but it's something to pay attention to and try to incorporate that, be, be conscious about that. <laughs> I mean, this is this is. I mean, I was going to ask you about this a bit later on about the kind of um, relationship with kind of fabricated commerciality and stuff, which you've kind of critiqued a bit in the past. But what you're saying reminds me of I had like I know it's a little bit of a random anecdote, but I had a bit of a unblocking a sink issue the other day in in the kitchen, yeah. and um, um, I I was told to use chemical blocker. <laughs> I ended up you know, I, and so I sort of like my mum had this old recipe of using like baking soda and vinegar, you know, and mm-hmm. it cleared the drain instantly. And then it kind of reminded me that it made me think that this kind of whole idea, this they're, they're kind of ingredients that are usually in most people's houses, you know, just anyway. And it kind of made me realise that. Um, that the whole kind of chemical on blocking kind of thing is sort of like it's somewhere in the last century. We just got kind of told to buy loads of products, really, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in 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 any uh, field, you know, in, mm. in any uh, aspects of our lives, I think we're uh, conditioned to buy stuff and buy into stuff. Not not also like physical objects. Yes, buying objects and. Uh, merch but also buying into ideas and ideology of course yeah because i mean i was reading an interview you did with uh whitney way uh, that came out a couple of years ago i think you kind of related it to the tune uh persona and about how you know we're, we're supposed to do things at certain points in our life like have kids uh have do everything and then you kind of sort of said that that kind of persona is atta- attached to consumerism to sell products and i was, I was wondering because that interview was a couple of years ago and i, mean, I was wondering I hope I I wouldn't say that having kids is uh, necessarily tied up to buying products, but a certain way of life. Yes. Yeah. No. I I, I want I should clear my own words on that as well. I don't. Yeah. Again, I don't mean kids per se at all. But I I, I mean I guess it's the sort of the feel. I I picked up on that the kind of feeling that the pressure society puts on us to behave at certain ways at yeah. certain points in our lives. Yeah. And, and and how did this kind of manifest for you in terms of, of your kind of creative approach and, and, and your working methods? I mean, my working method, I, I try to make things as honestly as I can, as, as uh, personal as I can. When I work on music, I tend to um, try to focus 
um, spontaneity mm. instead of trying to recreate uh, past work of my own or other people, you know, fit into certain formats. And do, you, do you think that the, do you have ways that, you know, that, that help you get to being spontaneous, like sort of uh, devices, you know, I mean, obviously the, the famous one that, you know, sort of gets mentioned by artists and musicians quite a lot is those Brian Eno cards. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, they're cool. I don't use that, but mm. I think it's cool. I, I've, I've, uh, I've heard about them and I've read a few of the, the tips on that 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 those cards provide and that I thought it's a really cool idea. Mm. Uh, when it comes to my creative process, I I just do what I do, you know, I try to do me. <laughs> I, I don't I I I don't follow other people's method. Mm. But I it's important for me to to uh, create space, to leave space. Uh physical space but also like mostly headspace so i try not to consume too much information when mm. when i'm working on my own music right. i only try to get what inspired me mm. and 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 then free like i just need sometimes a motivator and and then the less i focus on other people's stuff, the better it feels, you know, kind of like I find a motivator and inspiration, whether it comes from music or something that happened to me or something I've read in a book, or something I saw. And then from then I just go on and try to forget about the world. <laughs> it's not always the case though. You were asking me about my, my work ethic, but it's not always the case. Sometimes it goes. I guess it's like some sort you mean like that's the kind of ideal way of of working you know I mean because obviously we get we do get distracted sometimes you know life sort of does swing us about a bit sometimes and, and jolt us out of well, I mean I'm distracted all the time <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, I get I get distracted a lot mm. but when I'm working on something I love I, I can totally dedicate myself to it and with with a lot of pleasure you know it brings me a lot of joy to mm. do what i do when i'm inspired mm. it's it's kind of a, a taking a break from the the world yeah <laughs> break from from uh time also sometimes like you just you know uh disconnect from the usual timeline and you just get in the zone your yeah. own zone your own timeline of, of yeah I, I guess a good a good uh a good day for me is when i, I forget about time and i i don't think about future or past i just you know live what i'm doing regardless mm. of what's the outcome or what I've done before or what mostly what other people have done before. It's easy to get caught up in that kind of thinking because mm. we live in a society that likes structure. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, um, so, I mean, I was having, I've had this conversation quite a few times recently and I found this myself when, um, with, when I was writing a book last year, that, that I kind of realized that the, the whole pleasure came from being in the zone, you know, like mm-hmm. anything, anything that happens afterwards, like with the release is like, it's nice, but it's, it's not, I'm not, you know, you realize, I realized I wasn't making the work for the release. I was make I, although I initially thought I was, it was actually something that just manifested each day, you know, not every day, but when it was a good day anyway. Absolutely. I understand what you mean. Uh, I guess the best is when you, you, you dedicate yourself to any type of work because you just feel like doing it and because you're not pressured to do it. Mm. But that's a luxury. Some people, they have to just get up and go to work and do whatever they do that it's not a choice but if you have the luxury to to not have to do that well yeah then the act of of the working process is is the action is the the means is the result and then the release is it's, it doesn't belong to you almost like it's just something that will happen and then your works out there and it's 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 not yours anymore mm. but of course in in the process we get attached to our work and we project on the presentation the release i do that all the time mm. well it could be quite addictive can't oh, it the, the, the release i'm sorry the, the release can be quite addictive in a different way. Like the sort of, you know, the kind of everything that's connected with like serotonin, I guess. And, you know, I guess what social media does to us is I found yeah. connected with my experiences of releasing as well. You know, I, I'm, I kind of become hooked, but it's not that, I don't find it that pleasant, even though I've become quite hooked on it. Well, it's designed to make you feel that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh I, I think that even before social media, there was this anticipation of presenting things out there in the world. But the the social media thing with the the dopamine and the mm. the instant uh, response makes it definitely more addictive. But I mean, it's just the world we live in now yeah. nowadays. It's it's it is what it is. It's part of the game and that's okay too i think the 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 real challenge is to do it and move on mm. i love sharing my work i am mm. not gonna lie to you there's there's a part of of the i don't make music just for myself otherwise mm. i wouldn't share it yeah yeah i know i was, I was talking with cozy funny tutti um last week and she was saying something very similar to what you're saying as well about how she loves the the act of creation and in, in just in itself and she does these things to explore something she wants to explore herself but also it's to do with communication you know and and she just she loves uh the fact that although like you know it's out in the world and it's kind of gone from her hands it's it's like the that it might communicate with something is about is is a big joy 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree to that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, playing live is also going out there and offering a show is another form of communication that's very gratifying. Mm. And do you, would you, what would you, you, do you feel like you're more orientated? Like if you, I mean, obviously, you know, we're all a mixture of all of these things quite often, but do you feel like you're more orientated towards the studio or, or live? It, it really depends. It, I like both. I think mm. uh, maybe more the studio, but I, I, I definitely love getting out there and sharing my work with people. For me, it's, it's, there's like um, an interesting feedback feedback loop that happens when you're working on something and then you share with the world, you get feedbacks, even if people are not actually telling you with words, you can see it in their uh, body language. Mm-hmm. And then you take that in and you go back to your work in the studio and that builds, builds uh, an interesting, um, an interesting, way to reflect on your own work and uh, energize your process mm. I mean yeah like it's it's interesting isn't it I'm, I'm, I used to DJ and I always used to like even if I was playing in a bar and everyone's sitting down you know they'd always kind of get you know sort of notice a few you know the way people's heads move or the mm-hmm. smiles people have with like certain tunes body language is strong it tells yeah. you sometimes it tells you more than actual words words totally totally i think it's harder to lie with body language definitely well I'm, I'm not an expert i could be wrong like a, a psychologist could say no paul it's actually really easy i you know i'm talking out my ass but i i don't know and and with, with language with yourself as well you know i mean um you know you sing between two languages and I, and i was kind of between french and english and and i was kind of wondering like do you what kind of the way that the different languages play with you when it comes to making your music like are there certain certain feelings that you feel that are better to express in French, for example, and certain phrases that, that you know that need to be done in English? I don't, I don't know how it works. For me, it's more about uh, the, it's, it's about musicality once again. Just mm. English sounds a certain way and French sounds another. And I tend to choose a language regarding uh, the sounds of the music if certain types of sound call for English and certain type of sounds call for French in my head mm-hmm. and if I spoke more languages probably there will be more options I wish I spoke other languages um, it's the musicality of, mm-hmm. of the words also the tone more than the reference, the cultural references. Mm. You mean the actual sort of, the, the kind of like, the sort of physical sound of, of like how words sound? Yeah, to me, voice is like spoken voice is musical mm. and and I use it as an instrument, you know, and I like to make, percussive music so I will choose 
my words and of course there's the meaning like it's important mm-hmm. for me that what I say is thoughtful and it resonates but when it comes to choosing the language it's mostly for the way it sounds and how it will sound with the with the actual music that is there mm-hmm. I try not to think too much about it it just mm-hmm. it's, it's an intuitive process I just do what I think sounds good. How if if it feels good for me, then that's enough, you know. Yeah. And, and sometimes it just feels off, and that means it it's not working. So I'm I'm not gonna do that, or I'm not gonna release this or that, just because if it doesn't, if I don't feel, if it doesn't make me feel great in my body, I mean, it's not good enough. I, that, that, is that the kind of the acid test? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and, um, I mean, it's, it's really funny actually, cause like I, you know, uh, list, I've been listening to your music for years, but, um, you know how, when you listen to things at different times in your life, they kind of mean different things. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I was going back to sort of refreshing myself for this, this interview and listening to working class woman. And it was really weird because like, I was actually in Cottbus at all when, when I put the album on and um, in the beginning of the album, you've got like the, the, the U-Bahn Tannoy of, of, yes. of, you know, getting off the U-Bahn at Cottbus at all. And it really, really disorientated me, you know, because I, I had like one of these moments of kind of going, is, is that it in my, you know? by, it happened by coincidence. Um, yeah, totally by coincidence. I completely forgot That's it was funny. there. And also my relationship with the music, like I feel, I, don't, I wasn't living in Berlin when that album came out. So I didn't really grasp that, you know, then. And, and I wasn't getting off the U-Bahn that moment, but I had done maybe 20 minutes beforehand. And wow, so it, that's, it, that's interesting. It was, it was a really weird, weird sensation uh, for me, you know, and, and, you know, you, um, you know, on, on, a, you know, on the, on, Later, later on, you wrote uh, the, the the kind of ballad about Cotty as well, yeah. and and I, I was wanting to know about how your relationship with, you know, Berlin and and particularly maybe Cottbus at all, kind of, you know, how that's kind of played out for you and how you look back on it now. I mean, now it's been a while. It seems mm. very distant, but I had a lot of great times in Berlin, also a lot of bad bad time like sad times it was a part of my life where I was experimenting a lot with a lot of things and uh, spent a lot of time alone also Mm. traveling Uh, but the 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 thing about Kati is that the first time I, I I went to Berlin I I kind of like ended up there like everyone with friends as like tourists partying and the last few months, the last summer I spent in Berlin, like while I was working and touring, I ended up living there in one of those high towers. So for me, it was a, a, a full circle thing mm. and it made me very emotional. And that's why I wrote the song. Right. It just talked about any other place I lived in Berlin. I, I, sp- I, I mostly lived most of my years in Berlin. I, I was mostly in vetting which I, I loved also. Yeah, but Vedding, there's always that kind of thing about Vedding where people kind of say next year it's going to be the kind of the, the kind of district that takes off, but it's always got that kind of feeling of being like a little bit kind of in a really nice way, separate or, you know, a little bit. I like, I like 
I liked it there because it was quiet. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got a couple of lakes nearby as well. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, you know, and at that time was like, um, how were you, were you kind of exploring the club culture here when you, when you were living in Berlin? Yes. And was it sort of, because I, I know that, you know, you on those albums, you know, there, there is quite a complicated relationship that you performed about the dance floor and in, 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 in clubbing and in interviews in the past, you've talked about like how your, your, your feelings about clubbing have changed was that in berlin when the, when this kind of move away or this these kind of sorts of more like i guess doubts i might be wrong and i apologize if i'm wrong in saying the word doubts but the the sort of where, where things became a bit more complicated in your relationship with clubbing yeah it started in 2015 mm. well that's a while ago i spent a summer there in berlin and i started questioning myself about my motivation to go out and seven years later I'm, I, I'm, I still am you know it's an it's an ongoing process I love dance music I, I try to quit and I can't I just mm. I try and and I, I still like making it I still I, I've been enjoying DJing lately I really like playing other people's music and I, I like that kind of music, but I also listen to that kind of music outside of clubs when I go to the gym. For me, it's also workout music. It's a great way to uh, to profit from that music is 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 actually going to the gym with a good pair of headphones and enjoying other people's music. Mm. And this is also where I test my own music when I'm working on something. When when I feel it's 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 at a certain point, I'll, I'll bring it to the gym you know this is the test does it mm. does it pass the test uh if if i run if i if i run on on a track and it i feel kind of like bored i'll have less energy i've, I've noticed mm. like in my in my like speed performances whatever i don't really look at that but i just feel it from my energy if I'm up to a certain point and I feel like going more, it's always because of the music. And if I'm not totally excited about what I'm listening to, I'll be like, oh, let's cut this. I'll just go do something else. But back to your question about uh, my doubts. Yeah, I doubt all the time. But looking back on it and on a lot of time I've, has passed and I've, I had the chance to try many things since then. I had a band. I, I, I now I do something else. I just don't feel like putting labels on music anymore. Mm. This is club music. This is not club music. Whatever this is, I like for me. It's like I know I make electronic music. I cannot lie, and I don't. Mm. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a player of any. Uh, uh, acoustic instruments, although I use my voice, that's. Mm. But outside of that, like whatever you know, rock, pop, contemporary, techno, house, electro, you name it. You know, it, it's it in the end, it's just music. I'm enthusiastic about music, and I feel like. 
labeling things was something I did in the past because I was insecure. Mm. And I guess that maybe I wanted to belong to some sort of scene. Now I know I don't, and I'm very okay with that. I'm just enthusiastic about music, other people's music, my own music sometimes. And I just want to enjoy life and music in general. And I think that this is the path I want to go on now is uh, create and not stop trying to analyze. It's it's not for me to judge. Mm. And I mean, and how... I mean, kind of going back to kind of like youth and early sort of feelings about music, do you, do you have a sort of like, does something stick out to you as like a kind of early epiphany with, with music for you? Well, all my life. <laughs> Always been very passionate about music. Yeah. Mm. Was was there like a sort of a, a sort of a, a youthful kind of scene or like? Well, it, I, it, my first memory of really loving something, I think I was six. I was in elementary school, first grade, and I heard that song. You know that '90s dance song. I like to move it, move it. Oh yes, yes, yes. Man, that synth line, that that like distorted bass, like that. It's like everyone knows that line, mm. you know. Um, for me, felt extremely exciting. I guess some older kids played it in a boombox during lunchtime. Whatever. Mm. I'm too young. I was really young, but. And every time I would hear that song, like at the school dance or whatever, end of the year, I, it made me feel so excited. It, it like it was a rush, you know. I mm. just I it it was like feeling excited about candy when you're a kid, or feeling excited about going on your first date when when you're an adolescent, or mm. feeling excited about your first drug trip when you're older that kind of vibe you know like mind bending mm -hmm. what is this and i i didn't know knew at that time why but now i understand now that i make music when i started working with synthesizers and sequencers and drum machine i, I got that feeling and i had that feeling many many times in my life when i hear a track that excites me it's like I just need to know what it is and I need to get my hands on it for mm. my own pleasure. Just, just as an, an enthusiastic listener. Mm. For me, music is the spice of life. You know, that sounds very cheesy to say, but it is. I, I, yeah, I, it's true. I, I think, you know, it's, 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 and also it's, 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 it's universal as well, isn't it? You know, like, like, again, I, I, talking about languages earlier on like I there's a lot of music that is in languages that I don't speak that I still feel you know um mm -hmm. you know we we sing you know melodies as sort of sound sad or happy you know and that's universal isn't it 
Yes and no. Sometimes you'd be surprised. You make music and people are like, this is sad or dark or terrifying. And I'm like, what? I find this really relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole range of emotions through music. And I agree that to a certain point, we kind of all understand each other Mm. through, through sounds. Not only melodies, just sounds. Sound, sound is powerful. Mm. Um, do you still have a, like, if you hear I like to move it now, like? I still feel the same. Not yeah. not the same, but I, I still feel that thing. When it's the, the, the bass line, that line. I still feel it. I, yeah, yeah, it never goes away. Mm. Every song that had that, that thing on me, well, it it goes it passed the time the the the, the test of time. I find it very interesting. Mm. Sometimes it's about a baseline. Sometimes it's about the whole track. Sometimes it's about a drum pattern. Sometimes it's about the 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 singer, the vocalist, or the singers. If there's a lot of people involved, uh, sometimes it's just the melody. It, but but those 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 songs. Like those songs are songs to die for, you know. Yeah, I, mm. I would die to know what it is. I would die to hear that again, you know. Those mm. songs usually, when they have that kind of effect, it lasts forever. Yeah, I have a similar one about. There's a little bit in Pump Up the Jam that's like that's a, a great of, one too. That's yeah, it's got that. One. I would do, not do, die do, do, for do. it, but it's a great track. Mm. <laughs> um Marie um I think that's it I've got everything thank you so much for chatting with me today and, and okay so that was me Paul Hamford chatting with Marie Davidson and we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago I hope wherever you are right now you're having a really lovely day and uh, just goes for me to say thanks to ESO for the music for this show uh, Lost and Sound is produced presented everything by me paul hanford and my book coming to berlin is out now on velocity press this episode was sponsored by audio technica makers of high quality audio accessible to all headphones turntables cartridges microphones this year it's audio technica's 60th anniversary their wireless earbuds are one of the best and most accessible ways to listen to lost and sound on and it's how I go about when I put my little earbuds in and do my little earbuddy listening to music type thing. Head on over to audiotechnica.com wherever you are in the world. Right, I hope you have a really, really lovely week and I'll chat to you soon.